episode 236 for July 2013. This episode of the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by CollectionDrawer.com. I want to welcome our new sponsor to the show, and if you're not familiar with them, they're the strongest storage container made for comic books. I personally have over 50 of them, and they're the best comic boxes I've ever had. Now, the fronts pull out, kind of like a filing cabinet, and you can stack these boxes about six high. No more lifting up box after box to get the lid off to find that elusive comic in the middle. And they also have a new product called Upright Dividers, and they fit inside the boxes, and it prevents comics from falling forward or backwards, and we've all had that happen, where a book gets bent or damaged in the box. So if you're needing a long-term storage solution to your comic collecting, please check out CollectionDrawer.com, and when you're filling out uh, your order form, put in the comment section that you heard this ad on the Crawl Space Podcast. They're our new sponsor, and I want them to know how many thousands of people listen to this show each and every month. Again, it's CollectionDrawer.com is our new sponsor. Welcome aboard. Now, let's get on with the show. Hey, Crawl Space Gang, let's introduce who's on the panel for the July show. We've got Donovan with a brand new haircut. Welcome, Don. <laughs> this is going to be a, the album art, is it? <laughs> the, well, I don't know. It's an audio show, so we can't really show you what the haircut looks like, but you look very debonair. So. Thank you very much, and, I, and I, honestly, I don't, I don't have any witty things to say, but I am very happy to be here. I'm excited to record yet again. It seems like we just recorded one, as Bertoni was telling me the other day, too. Yeah, I know. And we have JR from SpideyKicksButt.com. Welcome, JR. What's going on, sir? Well, you know, I, uh, I made a, a great sacrifice to uh, be with you guys tonight. Um... I could have gone to the theater and seen uh, Star Trek Into Darkness for the seventh time, but <laughs> I said, no, no, I, I, I really need to put my personal uh, wishes aside, and uh, the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, and uh, I need to join the gang with the podcast. So I hope you appreciate this sacrifice. Well, I, I do. We're, we're recording this on a Saturday night at 9 p.m., <laughs> and JR is usually busy with... Uh, many other things like sleeping <laughs> like sleeping there you go and we have chris what's going on chris hey happy belated independence day everybody sir yes sir did you blow up anything no um my girlfriend and i hiked up a mountain you hiked up a mountain yeah there you go yeah. i bet you did you see i guess you saw fireworks at the top of that no but we saw marmots and i didn't know <laughs> i didn't know what those were but they're these gigantic rodents like the size of poodles that walk up Ooh. to you and have no fear of human beings and oh I have fear of rabies so it was a little bit um, frightening. Did you fall off? Wow. Wow, that's, that's there, there was a point where we were walking over this rocky patch over the trail and there were a bunch of spiders crawling over and my girlfriend Ugh. was like my girlfriend was like, this is like some kind of spider island. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't say that. <clears throat> that I had this, to explain. This that. hike is like a bad plot. You forgot yeah. the hike. Hey, we have Josh. What's going on, Josh? It's been um, a very interesting... Yeah, like I was saying to Brad, um, it, it doesn't feel like it's been a month since our last recording, but in that month, I've been swamped with work one week, which um a week that I never want to relive again. I worked 124 hours in a week, um, and then I promptly went into a coma, and I woke up just to record this podcast. So, hello, everyone. And we have Kevin. What's going on, Kev? Well, uh, I'm finding out that Lay's stacks are a really bad idea for a podcast snack because, whoa, those suckers are crunchy. Uh, <laughs> but are these like Pringles only made by Lay's or something? Yeah, um, but sadly, the, the tenant continues that once you pop, the fun really don't stop. So I'm going to eat a sleeve. It's 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 the law, I think. Um, eat a sleeve. Yeah, you call that like a sleeve, right? No. Are they, are they in a can? Like it's a they're... can, but you know, it's it's a tennis ball can for chips. All right. Uh, let's. We don't have many uh, viewer or listener uh, emails. We have one iTunes review. So the person's handle is Peter Parker is my hero. Five out of five stars. And his subject is I know Brad loves these. <laughs> And he says, uh, quote, I've been listening to the podcast for a while and have found it to be very enjoyable. This is the, really the only podcast that I genu genuinely follow and get enjoyment out of. You guys clearly know a lot about Spidey and show a great passion for him. I applaud you for that. So thank you, Peter Parker is my hero. I appreciate that. Again, 
If you want to submit an iTunes review for us to review it on the show or, or read it on the show, just go to iTunes, type in Spider-Man under podcast, where we're one of the first that pop-ups. So feel free to do that. All right, we uh, have just one issue of uh, Superior Spider-Man to review. That would be issue number 12. And Chris, you've got this one. What went down this month? Okay, well, when I volunteered to recap this one, Don made a post like, thank God he'll make this funny. So now I feel like I'm on like a lot of pressure to find something amusing about this. Uh-oh. Um, so I- I'm going to... Don. Yeah, <laughs> I- I'm going to do my best and just try and open with a joke. So a priest, a lawyer, and a blonde walk into a force field, yeah. and uh, yeah, no, I don't know what I'm doing here, so I'm, I'm just going to start over. So um, Spider-Man puts a force <laughs> field around all the supporting characters to keep them safe and make sure that they don't do anything before the story needs them to do something, but, but Jonah jumps out of the force field before it closes because the story needs him to do something now, and he dons the body armor and weaponry of a dead security guard. So Spider-Man fights Alistair Smythe, and while Spidey is fighting Smythe, he lets slip at their that the extra security Spider-Man installed in the raft prison is being powered by the prison's main generator. And then Jonah jumps in and shoots at Smythe, and Smythe runs away to destroy the generator. Jonah talks to Spider-Man and strongly implies that he wants Spider-Man to kill Smythe. And Spider-Man is all like, are you saying what I think you're saying? I need clarification. So then Jonah strongly implies that he wants Spider-Man to kill Smythe. And then Spider-Man is like, yeah, thanks for the clarification. I'll go kill Smythe. And uh, Jonah and Spider-Man go in different directions, and then Spider-Man is attacked by three villains, Scorpion, Vulture, and Boomerang, who have been healed and enhanced by Smythe's technology. So Spider-Man manages to incapacitate Boomerang by webbing Boomerang's exploding Boomerangs to Boomerang's own hands while they blow up. And then while the fight, that fight's going on, Smythe destroys the generator, which causes all the lights in the prison to go out, and that allows the lizard to escape from his cell. But the traps that Spider-Man set up in the prison still work because they were wired into the backup generators the whole time, and Spidey's statement about everything working off the main generator was just to distract Smythe. Then Smythe tells Scorpion and Vulture to split up and kill Jonah and the other civilians who are you know, trapped in a force field right now, and Smythe is like, ha, you know, you can either save Jonah or everyone else, and Spider-Man says he isn't going to save any of them, he's just going to kill Smythe to be continued. And that's, <laughs> that's how you briefly recap a an uneventful issue. Yeah. Uh, okay, pro, con, and grade, Chris. My... <laughs> my my pro is that I thought this was a good Jonah issue, and I know that this is probably a mileage may vary type thing, but I enjoyed seeing him as a man of action on a mission with that silly-looking armor and shooting people. But uh, this issue did a good job getting into his head and exploring his state of mind in the story. I, there, there's a, a flashback in the beginning where he's remembering Marla telling him not to waste his life on revenge, and he thinks, you know, I can't even grant her dying wish, not until Smythe pays. So there's an interesting tension there where he's aware that he isn't doing what Marla would want him to do, but he can't help himself. And uh, my, my con is that the upgraded versions of the villains were pretty lame. They got a little bit of build-up, and their designs are kind of interesting, but... Like at the end of the day, the comic doesn't convey that they're really posing a challenge to Spider-Man. Like they get a few pot shots in when they take Spider-Man by surprise, but a few pages later, Spider-Man is basically wiping his ass with them. So you wonder what the point of making them appear upgraded was. Uh, I, I, as a grade, I give this one a C plus, and that means decent if we're saying that a C is middle of the road. It's a fine comic. It's just not that exciting. So what, what does everyone else think? Right there. Well, I didn't have any pros. Helps if I unmute. <laughs> <laughs> let's go around the horn and uh, let's get grades first. Jr., what do you give the grade? Uh, I gave it a C. Don. Uh, C minus. Josh. Uh, I'm going to continue my trend of B minuses. Okay, Kev. D. D. 
Here, real quick trivia question. The last uh, page is an, uh, I think, an homage to a Amazing Spider-Man cover. Do you guys remember what cover? I don't remember the issue number, but is it the one where like a, uh, it's like a spider in the background behind Spider-Man, and that's like, is it the issue where Harry Osborn sees his costume in the drawer? Very good. Issue one thirty-five. One thirty-five. Very good. Yep. Uh, I mean, because issue one ninety-five had a similar cover too. I think that this is just. Um, a common practice used for Spider-Man images to display many things happening at once. Quite, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go uh, pros. Who's got pros? Nobody. Nobody's got a pro. Uh, I said my pro. I, I said my pro. But I figured, right. I, I expect people to argue with it. I, it wasn't a Whoa. Who, who, who wants to go first? All right, JR, you go first. <laughs> hold, on, hold on. Brad, if no one yeah. has any pros, I'll just add another pro just to break the okay. silence. Um, I, I liked how <laughs> when Smythe said, your death is the reason I exist, it really felt like Christos Gage was putting his ego aside and trying to write lines like Dan Slott would write them. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it's a pro? Uh, no, I'm but... not sure. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is, I, just, I, I don't I like, like Christos I, Gage in this. I liked uh, Jameson slugging the bleeding heart liberal lawyer, uh, yeah. and then suiting to take up, to, suiting up to take care of Smythe. I uh, I sympathize entirely with his bloodlust. Um, uh, I was going to say that I'm not, I'm not sure how Jonah could stay mayor after all this, but then again, New York City looks like it might elect Anthony Weiner as mayor, so a pugilistic Jonah isn't much of a stretch. One thing I noticed differently: Do we have a different colorist in the book? Um, I think we have two colors. Let me check on that. Uh, it's Antonio Fabella. He's been on the, on, the, on the he's been on the title before, but I can't say if he's been consistent from issue to issue. I, I know he's I just the noticed the Morbius. Oh, okay, I just noticed the colors are popping just a little bit more in this book. I agree. I, I mean, it's it, it's definitely something different. I I, I like it. I know that too, Brad. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would also like to say, uh, as a a liberal whose heart sometimes bleeds, that particular lawyer is a really, really terrible depiction. <laughs> once your client is convicted of murder, not only that, but murdering the mayor's wife, and is being executed, your job is over. Sit your ass down. <laughs> Je- that means Kevin would smack him too, Jr. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, let's go. If there's no more pros, is there? Nah. Um, it's it wasn't offensively written, you know. Like, um, yeah. I think I, I go back to that issue where it's uh, John Jameson and Spider-Man in space with the Human Torch. When it's an action issue, um, it, it's usually fun, you know. When when we're not focused on some of the wackier sitcommy aspects of the series, so. I like a good fight issue um, done by Slot. The, the problems were what the problems were, which we'll get into with cons. But in terms of pacing and everything else, I didn't have much to say. It is just one big fight scene, generally. I, I agree. Uh, let's do cons. I'll go. Don, Don I, I like when you said uh, uh, in your review, you were like, nothing happens. And I agree. <laughs> it's just a big fight scene where we're pretty much at the same spot we were at the beginning, aren't we? Well, I think fight, fight issues are kind of, are, can at times get a bad rap because they, that implies they're brainless. But, you know, I mean, I think the, like, to kind of you know, point to what I think is a good fight issue, a lot of the Borland arc and the JMS run were just fight issues, but they were, like, done uh, partly because JRJR is a kick-ass artist, but partly because you felt emotion, you felt, you know, threats from the fights. This one is just kind of like, you know, Ock went up and he's thinking, aha, I foresaw your, you know, nanobots, and I one up you with my uh, spider bots. And Spice like, you know, aha, I foresaw your brilliant plan, and I have, you know, these other guys to help me. And it's like, you know, these two, I don't know, these, these two scientists are just, like, measuring themselves against each other. It's not very interesting to watch. Um, I mean, I, I feel as though, like, you know, this isn't one of those issues where you say, why is Dan Slott betraying me? It's just, it's fine, but, like, I don't think it's very interesting. I mean, the art's not that excellent to kind of keep me going from page to page. I mean, it's not bad at all, but, like, it's not all that in- engaging. I think the fight scenes are, you know, they, they're there. Yeah, they exist. And, um, you know, we have more uh, we have more Mayor Dick 
You know, I don't like Jameson. <laughs> I, I understand, okay, if, if your wife's been killed, you want to see the guy die. That's fine. But he's just, like, flagrantly punching people in the face. And, you know, like, I'm, he says, I'm the mayor. I'm the one of the most powerful people on the planet. Now, I, I, I'm, just, I'm not really liking Jameson in this story. And to me, it was just really padding towards the next chapter. And, like, also, I, I'm kind of taking over this at the point. This is my last point. But, like, the whole thing that uh, Chris said, you know, are you, are, do you understand what I want you to do? I want you to kill somebody. Okay. I think you can do that. I mean, it's not like I killed anybody before. It's like, was that supposed to add tension? Were you supposed to, were you supposed to doubt that the Ock was going to kill somebody? Like, I didn't understand why that was at all given as much um, time in the issue as it was. So, uh, so this issue wasn't of, bad, but I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. So that's a big part of my uh, issue as well, that when you compare it to, like, the Moreland fight, that had stakes that you cared about. Uh, this one being mostly fight, the stakes are... Uh, Doc Ock wants to kill another villain. Okay. Seen it. I I don't really have anything that's hooking me in to care about with this whole issue. And like, True. oh, he's he's fighting these villains who he's already punched the jaw off of one and blinded another and whatnot. Like, he might hurt them again. Okay. Seen it. Uh, yeah. We're going what's nowhere funny, new. What's funny is that I just uh, posted my written um, review on the website, and I also... One of my points was that this wasn't as good as the Moreland fight. So uh, that's on a lot of people's minds. And I, I think rightly so, because that was like an issue-long fight where not a whole lot progressed in terms of plot, but you felt how physically and spiritually Spider-Man was being pushed. You know, he, he prayed afterwards that it would never happen again, and you believed it. But this is just people sort of tossing each other around, and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Uh, JR, any cons? Um, this was just a dull issue. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, one of the um, one of the uh, superhero tropes that we always put up with is is all this exposition during fights. I mean, you know, obviously anyone who's ever been in a fight knows that you know you you spend more time breathing heavy and grunting than you do actually describing your master plan or how you're going to beat up the neck the guy uh but for some reason the 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 normal exposition just it just appeared grating and uh this really felt like a filler issue. It's like we didn't need this issue. Last issue should have been the, uh, okay, you know, Joni, you want me to kill Smythe? I'm going to go kill him, you know, and, uh, oh, the other the other bad guys are going to go try to kill everybody else. And, you know, it was like, why in the world did we have this issue? I can tell that you guys are not very passionate about this one. That's why all the uh, grades are Cs and B minuses. I mean, there's not, there not much happened. We don't really... Have strong opinions about a fight. Well, it's like, I mean, the only reason, scene. the only reason why I gave it a B minus as opposed to a yep. lower grade was, um, even though nothing happens, at least nothing happening didn't like suck. It wasn't bad dialogue and bad art, but yeah, it's this. If this was like chapters to a story, which it is, the whole Smythe arc. If you were writing a recap of like all four or five parts or however much is going to be, what happened in this part can fill like one or two sentences at the most. Um, yeah, you yeah. know, well, you go from point A to point B, and the, it, it, you could skip this issue and read the next issue, and you probably won't be too lost. That's why nothing. Conversely, like I've got to, I've got to grade it down more for just nothing happening because you charged me three ninety nine and didn't do anything for me. Like, yep. why are you charging me three ninety nine for a non chapter? Yeah, you this easily could have been two or three chapters. I imagine you can have like stuff not be progressed. But at least, you know, make it interesting in some respect. And, like, you know, there was just a lot of yeah. reiteration. It's like, you know, like, like Smythe, it's, you know, he's, he must die. Okay. James is mad. Okay. Dr. Octopus is going to kill him. Okay. It's like, A, we, we already know all this information. And, B, you're not conveying it in an interesting way. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not demanding the plot, like, move leaps and bounds to justify the price tag. But, you know, at least give me some interesting character stuff. Give me... You know, some twist on a fight. Just you're charging me three ninety nine. Give me something for it. Anything. I can. <laughs> I concur. Not just pad it out of a chapter. Yeah. It's like yeah. I felt like this wouldn't seem important enough. It was. It was only two issues, so it has to be three. And here's how we fill it. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, Slot is obviously working on something else because he had Mister Gage come in to help. I think yeah. Slot just gets behind once in a while because this has happened. Yeah. Like um, yeah, Gage filled in a lot for him in early big time, and Fred Van Lente was helping him. 
uh, yeah. he was writing like number twenty or something. So he's he, this is continuing. Yeah. Do what now? The Gage just mentioned on Twitter the other day that he was uh, writing. Uh, he was working on at the time the dialogue for Superior Spider-Man, like twenty or twenty something. So it's it's not over. This is continuing to happen. And I like Gage. I, I really I do. love Gage, but I think it's because of this. I, I think it's this sort of hackney Marvel style thing where Dan Slott does the plot, the artist draws it, and then Gage is just left to dialogue something that he didn't even come up with. And yeah. I think the Marvel style is difficult to begin with, and doing it that way makes it really freaking difficult. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, well, that was just the one issue we had this month. Any other thoughts before we move on? It happens, you know. There's always going to be an issue that's just, like, kind of forgettable and bland. And, and it sucks because, you yeah. know, it is almost aggressively boring, but, you know, that's it's, it's happened before, I suppose. I mean, this one, we didn't have any debates of disagreements or anything. We just were like, oh, oh, oh. I can't remember an issue where we've done that. Can you guys? Uh, Part one of this story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's happened. Nice. Nice. Those are the nice. forgettable ones, so we don't remember. That's true. I think this was just a forgettable. I do one. say that, like having read Superior Foes number one, it's interesting that like Boomerang is back in the Superior title. So that's that's actually kind of interesting. That like, I thought we weren't going to see him again until Superior Foes, but that, the fact that he's in here, that might lead into something like you know between this issue and Superior Foes number one, something might happen. So that might be something to look out for. Does Superior Foes take place after this issue? Good question. Don't know. I think it would have okay. to because he was like he was hurt and then he was upgraded. And now he's hurt again, but I don't know what's going to happen between. Yeah, he doesn't other. still have he doesn't still have the power to grow boomerangs and superior foes, does he? <laughs> is that a video superior, superior foes is an incontinuity. It isn't. What? Oh yes, it is. No, no, it's it's not. I've chosen that. It's well, I mean, because shop- uh, oh, you've cho- you've chosen. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah well, well, yeah, yeah, because you know, you read those Levermita issues with Shocker acting like a boss, and then you read um, Superior Foes, and it, it's it can't be the same character. The only explanation is it's out of continuity. Our <laughs> fans. Yeah. 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 All right, moving on to news. Um, This is a pretty big one that uh, Don has. Evidently, uh, Mary Jane is not going to be in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Tell me a bit about this one. Yeah, it's finally something to talk about. That's that's crazy. This is this is like some of the biggest like uh, you know comic book movie news that I've ever heard. You know, just ever happen because you have Mary Jane, the iconic Spider-Man love interest. You know, whether you're a a Gwen Shipper or, or MJ Shipper or whatever, like. The fact that she's gained a, an audience from the Remy trilogy, this is huge. Now, uh, just I mean, this is very obvious potential spoilers. So, like, I think if you're a Spider-Man fan, you're listening to this, this won't bother you. But like, just just in case, the potential spoilers are the reason for her being excised from the from the second movie because, um, and I, and I looked this up on, on many other places, not just Hollywood Life, but like in Huffington Post and all that kind of stuff. Apparently. She was she was filmed. She she filmed for three days. She filmed three scenes in the movie, so she was going to have three scenes. And we saw images of her with uh, Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield. But she was cut out of the movie because um, the, the the speculation is that you know Emma Stone was going to predictably die in ASM two, and Mark Webb didn't want to have this love interest kind of cloud. He wanted to spend more time on on the character of uh, Gwen Stacy before she died, and. Uh, give more time for Mary Jane in uh, ASM 3 and 4, which we know, spoilers, there's going to be uh, ASM 3 and 4 later on. So uh, that's basically the... I don't know if that's, that's the given reason, but all signs point to that reason. And um, also, they're wondering if she's going to... I mean, Mary Jane's going to be in the franchise, but they're wondering if, she wants, if Shailene Woodley's going to return because she has another movie franchise that she's lined up for, and her schedule may not coincide to uh, be able to film other movies. Yeah, that's actually the more given and more likely explanation is as soon as she signed on to this uh, new movie that looks like it might be a potential hit teen franchise and would keep her from appearing in Amazing Spider-Man 3, that's when they cut her from 2. So it seems more like they didn't want to end up having Mary Jane in 2 and then having to recast the part for 3. Really? I didn't didn't read about that. That's cool. I I mean, it's not cool that she lost a job, but... It looks like they're thinking ahead. Yeah. Huh. Well, Don, are you upset that Mary Jane's not going to be in there? I'm kind of disappointed because I I, I like yeah. I like uh, if you go back and read the comic books, 
it didn't always happen that Mary Jane and uh, Gwen ran up against each other. I mean, early, in the early Ramita days, you know, when Peter, like, like there's that vulture issue where Peter has a cold and you have, they come in like Betty and Veronica saying, you know, like, like, like chase the blues away with Gwen and MJ, but that didn't really happen all that much. So I was looking forward to seeing that in this franchise. But, um, well, one, I mean, I was never crazy about Shailene Woodley's uh, casting. And if you go back and listen to that episode where we talk about it, that's purely because she, visually she looks young compared to Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield to me. I know, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of, like, you know, haters saying, like, oh, well, she was clearly too ugly. That's why they fired her and, like, whatever. But, like, um, I mean, I, I think that, like, they could, she could have been cast a bit more appropriately compared to her uh, castmates. So that's, that's kind of a thing. But at the same time, I do feel bad that, like, an actress wasted her time being on a big-budget yeah. movie franchise. I mean, that, that does legitimately suck. So I'm actually kind of disappointed more often, you know, more so than I am uh, wanting to see somebody else's Mary Jane. What do you think of um, – Mar- I, I think Gwen Stacy has to die before you introduce another love interest. I, I, I kind of agree with that. Idea. Well, let me, what do you think, Don? I, what do you think, Don? I, I, you know, I'm not going to say you're wrong because I don't think that's a wrong-headed uh, opinion to have. I mean, I mean, uh, granted, it doesn't go along with what the books do, but I, yeah, I, that, I that's think, kind of my thing. It's like uh, not to interrupt yeah. you, but like that's sort of like, I mean, Mary Jane was there. I mean, legitimately, at the end of ASM 122, she was there to comfort Peter. That's like one of the best scenes in all of Spider-Man. I was kind of wanting to see that, and the idea that like we're probably going to see Andrew Garfield kind of cry over. Uh, and Emma Stone's tombstone, and then like, go, oh hi, and, like Mary Jane introduces herself. By the yeah, end the, face it, Tiger, she's in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> like, that kind of thing. They kind of like. Yeah. I'm wondering if that might become off as more shallow than not. But it all, I mean, we, we, this is all speculation. We don't know, so I don't know. Yeah, Chris, you wanted to say something? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, first of all, of course, I like Mary Jane as a character. And I don't have any opinion on Shailene Woodley whatsoever, but I do like hearing that they are taking things out of these movies. Because if you look at a movie like Spider-Man 3, where you have so many characters packed in there and so many storylines and, and, you know, stuff that is just taking away from the way the movie works as a whole, like if you think about it, Spider-Man 3 had Gwen Stacy in it, and what did she do? I don't remember. She didn't need to be there, and if Mary Jane only has three scenes in this movie, she probably doesn't need to be there at all. So in order to tell a concise story where you already have, you're introducing Harry Osborn, Norman Osborn, Electro, and the Rhino, you'd probably, knocking off one of those characters and just making room for the story to breathe more is a good choice, probably, artistically speaking. And so I, I'm glad that they uh, were able to do that. I think, ahead, I think that we're... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. I think that there's a lot that we're assuming. Like, if Mary Jane is there, she has to do the scene at the end of 122 or something like that. Um, I do think that for Mary Jane to do that scene at the end of uh, 122, it doesn't work if we've only known the character for an hour. The reason why that scene worked yeah. is because all these people had histories, so... But that's assuming that Gwen dies. That's assuming that Mary Jane's going to be set up as the next... It's assuming a lot. All we really know is, like, we're playing, you know, speculative quarterbacks about why this person isn't in this movie, and basing it around an idea of a plot that we have in our head. And we're all assuming pretty much that Gwen's dying and two. I'm fair, not. I, think, I think that that's pretty much a certain thing. Like, I mean, I would yeah. say that like it's about as sure a thing as um, uh, Cumberbatch being gone in, in like the Star Trek movie. <laughs> Kevin didn't see that one coming. Oh, <laughs> Actually, I, I, I should take that back because I didn't see that coming either. But never mind. <laughs> Kevin, you're not going to hit me up. No. Okay. <laughs> that hurt. That was better than what actually hit me up. Um, what's your take on it, Kevin? Let's hear your two cents. On the Mary Jane thing? Yeah. Are you upset that the character's not going to be there? What do you think? You know, if it was just three scenes that can easily be cut, I don't feel like I'm going to miss it. You know, I don't, I don't know what they were planning to do with her in Amazing Spider-Man 2, but uh, it, it doesn't seem like it was that important, and the movie is already seeming pretty crowded, so... Who knows? That might actually be better. 
And you've defended the casting of sh- however you say her name. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I think she's a great, great actress from what I've seen. I've only seen that uh, Descendants movie with George Clooney, and she, I thought she had some spunk. Yeah, I haven't and seen she, that, so I was, about, right? I was pretty much just willing to give her a chance. I haven't seen her in anything, but you know, she's got uh, some other franchise to do. Then I hope that works out for her. Elaborate a little bit more. So they only signed her for one movie and not three. Two? Is that what you're reading? Uh, what I read just simply said that she signed on to another franchise. Well, it's the first movie based on some sort of teen novels that I'm not really familiar with, um, and mm-hmm. they speculate that it's going to hit big, and the scheduling would conflict with uh, Amazing Spider-Man 3. So they okay. decided to opt out of the problems, and I don't know if that's because... Um, they would have thought they couldn't have Mary Jane in the third one, or they would have thought they would have had to uh, recast it. Either way, and it's pretty good looking ahead. I agree. And and I'm not up on actresses or young talent at all. Maybe you are more than I am. Any Mary Janes you'd like to see? Uh, you know, I honestly have no idea. I I know some... I know a lot of actors and actresses in general, but I've got nobody, especially in like the younger range. I'm not Who's really. Who's the girl from um, um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? What's her name again? Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, she's really good. I'd be happy with that, and she's a natural redhead. It's John McClane's daughter. That's right. Oh. Uh, I know you're searching her right now, Brad, but... Uh... I am, I am. Actually, there's an image of her that I put on the front page years ago when they were talking about casting her, and if I could find it, I'll share it with you guys. I mean, I was trying to go into segue into my later news item, but um, I'm having a hard time not mentioning it. The, the girl that has been cast in Amazing Spider-Man 2... Yeah. Um, who was rumored to be a new Mary Jane. I'm not familiar with her at all, but she looks good for the part. She said she's not Mary Jane now. I don't know if she is or not, but... Uh, we're talking Sarah Galden? Is that who we're talking yeah. about? Or Felicity Jones? Okay. I, I am I am so tired of movies doing this. Like, oh, I'm not playing Talia, and then they're playing Talia. I'm not playing <laughs> Khan, then we're playing... Do movie studios think that this is, like, a trendy thing to do for franchises? Is to, like, cast people and say, like, oh, pay no attention to this person and the to this green girl in Avengers 2. She's not playing She-Hulk. <laughs> this is a completely new character. Do they think like, this is a the- game? Yeah, like I, that, I'm so tired of this. It, it's so it's it's so pretentious, and I hate it more than I should hate it. But it's, it's just shut just shut up. So say what characters you're playing. It's like th- th- there's no point. Like, ooh, am I Mary Jane or am I not? You're gonna have to find out. Who cares? Well, the thing about uh, let's see here. F- uh, Felicity Jones was interviewed. Uh, for her movie Breathe In, and the reporter said, "Are you? Uh, what's it like to play Felicia Hardy the said, Black are you Cat?" Is forward that... to people finally seeing you as Black Cat. Yeah, and she was like, uh, uh, "That'd be cool if it happens." <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought she said, "Like you know, yeah, it's going to be awesome when I when I'm Black Cat." Oh, wait a minute. Uh, never mind. Hey, no, she never used words. Word. She just kind of danced around and was like, "Yeah, yeah no, yeah, um, if you know, maybe." <laughs> Black Cat in this movie though would be ridiculous. I mean, we, we cannot have Black Cat with Electro, Goblin, Harry, and Rhino. That's 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 way too much. Maybe it's just setting them up for future movies. Like, oh, th- I'll be I'll be back later. I'll be back later. Stuff like that. I, oh, cool. So, so so we're gonna watch a multi million dollar commercial for the next movie. <laughs> That's like, what they are, sir. Like well, the end you, of every Marvel event, there's like just five ads for the next, you know, couple of events and books and whatnot. So this, all these characters are going to be in the last five minutes. They get a minute apiece. <laughs> but I hate to be, uh, I hate to be Mark Wade about it, but Dick <laughs> Reporter. <laughs> oh, are you Why excited people to finally see you play Black Cat? Oh, screw yourself. Why? Why is well, that? She probably doesn't even know who Black Cat is, so that's why she, she was like, um, "Okay, like she's like, well, what does, why, does Mary Jane why, become Black Cat or uh, something?" Kevin, why is that a dick move? That's not a dick move. That reporter got a little something out of her that the the actress didn't want to reveal. They were doing, you know, in, you know, intrepid journalism, I suppose. I guess they were doing. It's like a one of those gotcha questions where it's like, "Aha, you are Felicia, Felicia Hardy." Mwahaha, you fool. Yeah. Did I did I lose Kevin? He's here. He's hearing techno. Apparently, someone passed the ecstasy. I, I, you guys you are. are you guys are auto tuned right now. It's really funny. 
Um, Everybody yeah. to the limit. No. As far as I was, uh, as far as the reporter goes, it's just like she's trying to she's trying to trap this <laughs> actress into breaking her confidentiality agreement. Good for you, Dick. That's not a dick. It's up to the up to the uh, talent not to reveal it. It's up to the reporter not to be a dick to the people that are. Yeah, the reporter's not being a dick. The reporter's trying to get a scoop. God, you're complete techno again. <laughs> He's an actor. He I've knows been, how this works. I've been called a lot of things, but it's never been a, a techno bastard. <laughs> Brad, if I, if I asked you to do something yes. that would compromise your job, would I be a dick for asking you to do it? Mm, you you ha- I I have the power not to give you anything. But would but but would I be a dick for asking you to do it? Well, sometimes you have to be kind of a, uh, a tough guy to get some answers. But that's that's not the question. The question is: Is he being yes. a dick? Like you're saying, so so some, so yes, you're, some, you're agreeing with yes. Kevin then that he has to be a dick. Yes, sometimes a reporter has to be a dick. That is that is a true statement. I would agree with that. Okay, so so you're agreeing with Kevin then? That's. All right. Well, Bert, I wish she was on the line to hear us. Me agree. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think just to try and make, I think the point that Kevin would make if he were able to speak with us is is, is, is that is that the the reporter is using deceit in order to give make somebody. See? Deceit, yeah, because he's implying that that information has been revealed, and in she to try and cause her to maybe think that it ha- was already revealed and that she could talk about it because she's being asked by it about it. That's what I think he's trying to do. He's trying to like make the implication that, oh, everyone knows this. How do you feel about it? And try to trick her into saying, oh, yeah, I feel great about it. Yeah. So I, I would say that it is <laughs> deceitful. Uh, okay. uh, uh, <laughs> I, I honestly don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to Mary Jane a little bit more about her not being in the movie. We haven't heard JR's two cents. Are you upset that uh, the biggest love of his life is not going to be in it? <sighs> Betty? And was I deceitful in saying that she's the biggest love of her life? <laughs> I was about to say, uh, I get more upset about what the so-called biggest love of my life is doing rather than uh, whether or not the biggest love of Peter's life is going to be in this next movie. I, I you know, I've come to the point in time at where, and I, we're going to be winding up talking about more speculation here and, and with these characters. I mean, I, I just almost think we're wasting our time. I mean, I know that's what we do. We agonize, we speculate, we, you know, pontificate and all that stuff, but all all these things with the, you know these these movies now you know they put out so much dis- they put out so much misinformation and then you got every blog in the world you know trying to come up with something and you know you never know whether or not they're they're actually you know true or whether they're pulling it out of their butts just to get hits so i i don't know i don't really care i mean I, it makes i mean you know we had mary jane in the last 3 movies uh, in the in the Raimi trilogy i don't mind focusing on another girl um and I like the fact that you know apparently they saw, uh, you know that they um, they they're planning this better than Ramy did, and realizing early on that whoa you know we're, if if we're going to get to where we want to go it's it's going to be more than three movies so why don't we go ahead and start planning out for four, you know which That's is cool. which is what. You know, they should have done, you know, with the first go-round. You know, by the time of Spider-Man 2, they should have realized, oh, crap, this ain't going to work. We get, we're going to need more than three movies for this. Um, so, I mean, I kind of like that they're actually using a little bit of, of, of forethought. And, and I wouldn't be entirely surprised if some of the stuff they're filming now will actually wind up in a third movie. Um, but I think I think the Mary Jane thing, I mean, I, you know, there's always Occam's razor, which means the the simplest explanation is the, is the most likely one. You know, it could be that, you know, as they watch the scenes, they say, you know, they watch the we're, what we're watching the dailies and putting the film together. It's like, well, we really don't need this. And as, as you've all pretty well said, it'll, it, it gives them the flexibility to recast the character if that's needed. Or maybe they didn't like her her uh, take on Mary Jane well, or limited scenes. Well, I I think that you know, our old buddy George uh, may have something mm-hmm. uh, that to the fact that she still looked like a kid. You know, I mean Garfield's a thirty year old high school senior. You know, and Emma Stone. <laughs> you know, and 
<laughs> graduating though, we did, we've seen photos of that. Yeah, yeah. thing, right? You know, it's going to be a thirty-year-old college kid yeah. in the next movie. You know, yeah. and 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 although you know Don and I disagree on on this, I mean, frankly, I think although I think Stone and Garfield did the roles well, they were not convincing teenagers, and I know Don disagrees with me on that. And and you know, if you look at, at Shailene, she still looks like a kid. So you know, George could be on on you know something. I mean, it'd look like uh, you know Garfield would look like a middle-aged perv going after this kid. So <laughs> the thing is, though, um, it's really weird to kind of see that you know, let's cast this woman. Let's see, let's see you know what she's been in. She's been in this and she's been in this, and then like you know, th- like like months later, wait a minute, look at her, look at how she looks. Look at how old she looks. Like them realizing that months later. It's, I mean, that, that, that kind of speculation, I mean, it's, it's a speculation to have, but, like, it really doesn't make much sense when you realistically apply it to, like, people's thought process. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. It's like anything else. The best laid plans. I mean, I, I've seen, you know, you, you've seen uh, a number of cases in, in shows or, like, soap operas, I'm, I'm thinking, because I remember, God forbid, I remember long, boring summers watching soap operas with my mom, where... A casting, a casting, a casting seems like a good idea at the time, you know. But as the series progresses, it, 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 it's like this doesn't work. This character doesn't fit. There's no chemistry, you know. Sometimes it looks, it looks good initially, and then the when you start to the, to go with it, it just doesn't work. I, I, I don't find, I don't find that completely unusual, to be honest, or, or anything of of, of any, any great. You know, it's it's you know it's not conspiratorial or anything. It, it's like when you finally put it on film, and it's like, well, hey, that didn't work out as good as we thought it would. <laughs> and Kevin, you're back. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. And, and um, uh, Bertoni made us agree, so uh, I concede that uh, the reporter was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish you could have heard it. My <laughs> argument was that sometimes the reporter has to be a dick. I pushed Brad into a wall, and I was like, say yeah. it, say it. Well, that's true, and then, frankly, I think Sony would be well within their rights to freeze that reporter out for the rest of time, and if I was Sony, I probably would. Mm, yeah. Ouch. That's what um, you're talking about what the reporter can do? That's what Sony can do. That escalated quickly. <laughs> by the so way, at- by the way, I just want to make it clear that everybody on this panel loves reporters. Thank you. <laughs> I like law- like lawyers too. Thank you. <laughs> and and actors and and mochas and people and but whatever Jr. does, I don't know. He goes to an office. He he has a suit and tie. He's a crime boss. He he's he's like the dad from like a 1950s sitcom. Nobody knows what he does. He just comes home at <laughs> the like, end like of the Lord day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Any other comments about Sarah Galden or Felicity Jones, what their roles are? Uh, no I mean, more of this, what are their roles? Are, is one of them Mary Jane, one of them Black Cat? What, what, anybody, anybody's thoughts? Uh, I, say, I say let's just wait and see. Yeah, I mean, one of them could be White Rabbit. I, who, who, <laughs> 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 see what actually happens, you know? I do think that it's more interesting that, like, I mean, how many... I mean, there there was like you know the, the nerdy girl character in in the first ASM who had like maybe two scenes. Like you, you did that on purpose, Flash. So like I'm wondering that like now that we have other you know a lot more hot looking uh, uh, female characters, although that girl wasn't was kind of cute. Like I the thing is, wondering what we're going to do. Felicity Jones, when I first saw her, uh, my instant reaction was not Black Cat; it was Betty Brant. Mm. Well, we still don't have the bugle. I think. Well. What do you think? Uh, Still be a serial God. arsonist. Do you think uh, Felicity Jones looks like uh, Betty Brandt? I do. I think she could I mean, pass for I think, fairly. I think in this reboot, I mean, like she she could look about as much as Betty Brandt as Andrew Garfield looks like Peter Parker. I mean, you know, oh, it's I mean, she, she's a young br- brunette. Yeah, Betty is a young brunette in her you know late teens or early twenties, depending on the era. So that that could be anyone. I mean, Kirsten yeah. Dunst could dye her hair and, and be Betty. Brand and I, <laughs> my my first reaction for Sarah Gaden is uh, Felicia Hardy because she looks more I don't know if caddish is a word or exotic like Felicia. Well, I think and, uh, Felicia, I think it's like somebody vivacious, you know, that has like kind of like like Mary Jane is, but like you know a lot more like a like sex potty as derogatory as that might come off. Don, you're just effing wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don, Don, are, you saying, are you saying that that character is about sex? Now I'm saying like, yeah, is that what you're saying, Don? Come on now. <laughs> Over her body. Is. 
<laughs> anyway, I, that's that's who I think she's going to play. Is anyway, whoa, wind tunnel. All right, uh, let's see. Let's go to another topic. Who's got Kevin? You've got the one about uh, Spider-Man three and four announced, right? Apparently so. About... Um, <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> so, Spider-Man three and four were announced. There you go. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they've announced that uh, they are definitely going to do uh, as many movies as it takes to not ever, ever, ever give away the movie rights. We are never, ever, ever. Because, like, right no, after this, Brad, this no. about the <laughs> Bad, Brad, bad. What were you saying, Don? Sorry. Because, like, wasn't, like, a few days before they announced this, they were actually discussing Marvel gaining the rights to the movies. Was, was that correct? Uh... I didn't hear anything like that, but I mean, it's always it's always the conversation, and I mean, we all know that's why they rushed the reboot into production to begin with, and um, yeah, I, I think it was George Berryman who uh, made the headline something about you can pry this franchise from their cold dead hands, and that's pretty much what they're going to do. I mean, it's no surprise we're going to do three and four, and that doesn't. I don't think they announced anything about uh, a creative team. Mark Webb could leave, and they're still going to keep doing these things on a regular basis because they're, they're billion-dollar cash cows. You'd want to keep it, too. Basically, they they put their uh, flag on dates in, in the summer. Yeah, which is just slightly better. It's slightly more interesting than Marvel having announced, like, the dates of, I think, three Phase 3 movies now without actually telling us what the hell the movies are. We're like, great. Those are some really interesting dates, guys. So put it on your calendar. Spider-Man 3 comes out June 10th, 2016, and Spider-Man 4 comes out May 4th, 2018. God, that seems like That's a long time. That's So after, the, after that rant that I just made about, like, we're not going to tell you who these people are playing, they're now doing this but for movies? Yep. <laughs> oh. We'll put out those uh, release dates but declined to tell us what the movies are. You hipsters. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man, the Revenge of Gwen's Gold or something. So, by the time Spider-Man um, 4 comes out, Andrew Garfield will be 35 years old. Is that Robert Downey Jr. is like is like 48, so like I don't really I don't really care as long as they look the part. I mean, it's not like it's Roger Moore or anything. He's not that, he's not that Yeah, he's not, <laughs> not in that last Bond movie. Yeah, I always go back to James Marsters was 40 when he was playing Spike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is just astonishing. So I'm always kind of, you know, we'll see if we can believe it when we get there. Age is kind of just a number. Yeah, but uh, Pierce Brosnan was 40 when he was like in GoldenEye, so like, it, just, it all depends on how they, how they, you know, if they can still do this stuff, they can still walk without a cane, that kind of thing. Well, it also <laughs> depends on how far we're planning to progress the Spider-Man story by Spider-Man 4, you know? Is he still going to be... I assume he's not going to be in high school still by the fourth one. Is he going to be in college? Are we going to move past that? Is this going to be like... He's going to get married. E timeline? <laughs> I don't know. So we'll see. I wonder if uh, two has college in it. I wonder if. I mean, this one. I mean, I don't think I'm spoiling anything that people care about. He legit graduates because, like, there's an image of him like, with, with the with the uh, the um, the motorboard on. Don, it's... how could you spoil that for me? I there's nothing I like better than being surprised by graduation sequences. <laughs> just like we, just like they, they just fast forwarded the first movie had him graduate. Yeah, they're doing an adaptation of ASM number twenty eight. I think they did. Yeah, well, the first movie. Yeah. He, he graduated like in like thirty minutes into the in the first movie or something. That's yeah. right, right. And th then he moved in with Harry, and and they had Thanksgiving dinner. That's right. And spent yeah. three hundred dollars a month on DVDs. <laughs> yeah. He, he does. What do you mean? There's an episode of the MTV show where it shows like him and Harry's like monthly apartment budget, and if you freeze frame it, like they spend three hundred dollars a month on DVDs. Good God! In the year like two thousand two. I know, and they were saying, "Oh, we never have enough money left over for anything. What do we do? To use use BitTorrent, <laughs> use Napster. It's two thousand. Harry like, they, like spend every morning drinking martinis, which you know indicates a problem. Uh, I wonder that, that if uh, I wonder if DVDs was like code for something. <laughs> they had three hundred dollars a month. Come on, guys. <laughs> oh wow. Yes. Well, Jr., do you uh, doing anything in twenty eighteen? 2018. Uh, well, probably worrying about how I'm going to get my second kid uh, uh, through high school and into college. 
Oh my God! Will Spencer be graduating high school by 2018? No, but he'll be a sophomore, and uh, oh wow! By that time, you know, if if you're not thinking about what, if you're not if you're not stressing about college when your kid's a sophomore, then uh, you know you're not being a parent. So, yeah. you know, I, so yeah, that's crazy. Well, yeah, it's I know. Gonna be what this podcast's 12th anniversary? What year is this again? <laughs> we started in 2006. Yeah, so it'll be. 12 years of this podcast. I'm kind of assuming Good we're God. still going to be here talking about Amazing Spider-Man 4, personally. Holy, I, I, I'd bet on it, too, but damn. Might be alive at the time. <laughs> yeah, we'll have... Uh, uh, actually, that that will be a problem for me, probably, but anyway. Uh, I'll be wanting to, like, le- legitimately, career-wise, wanting to get into Amazing Spider-Man 4. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I won't be in the target demographic anymore, and Brad will replace me with a younger person. Holy crap, I'll be 43 years old. Good God. Five years old. That is old, right, JR? Jesus. Oh, oh, yeah, it's really old. Yeah. We'll <laughs> replace like JR with like JB or somebody. JR, how old will you be in 2018? If I'm 43. <laughs> <laughs> I will be older. <laughs> Inter digits, like he, he presses like the digits. JR is going to be in his. I'm, I'm having this like you know Doug Funny esque you know flash forward sequence in my head where I'm all like you know in these ships, even though it's five years into the future, JR's head is cryogenically frozen, <laughs> and we thought him every month for Spider History. Dethaw the JR for the podcast. <laughs> Release the Fedinger. Yeah. Uh, let's let's move on to movie news with. That JR is wanting to chomp at the bit talking about. JR, you've got this about uh, possibly Harry Osborne is uh, going to be the goblin instead of Norman in the movie. That's the latest bit of scuttlebutt. What do you think of this one? Oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, basically to set it up, uh, there's a site out there called Movie Web. You know, right. well, yeah, we've all heard of that one, right? We uh, and. Uh, uh, I'm not familiar with. They state they have a source who was on an inside the, source yes, who was on the set of Amazing Spider-Man number two on the last day of filming, and confirmed that Harry Osborn is going to be the Green Goblin. Well, you know, there was also a source for Ain't It Cool News that thought that Benedict Cumberbatch was playing Robert April. So, you know, we know how <laughs> we know how well that went. Um, you know, they may have, uh, although, and here's a sort. You know, cause I'm supposed to believe that MovieWeb has good sources, but they don't even have good proofreaders because <laughs> because it says. As that as that Harry suits up as the Goblin during the climax of the film, which will take place at the Oscorp Power Planet, and <laughs> so it's like so either you know either they misspe- either you know they don't, they oh, mis- didn't re- proofread it, or Norman is going to have a newspaper called the Oscorp Power Planet, you know, or, like, and, 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 and Henry Cavill will come and work for a great metropolitan newspaper, you know, called the Power Planet. <laughs> Can we also consider the 90s cartoon glory of the Green Goblin having an actual world called the Oscorp Power Planet? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, and then and then they go and use the term again when they talk about Electro will call the Oscorp Power Planet home. So, to do it twice, come on. So so I'm supposed to believe that some people who don't even proofread their blog, you know, have an inside source. But anyway, okay, be that as it may, this person is confirming that Harry is the Goblin. And yeah. actually this ties in with... An earlier um, story, because it links back to another uh, internet, uh, impeccable internet source called Comic Book Movie, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. which described how the Green Goblin's costume was supposed to look. And right, right, they were right. saying that it was Norman. You know, they were saying that uh, uh, it was going to be black armor with spikes and green accents and would look like the ultimate Green Goblin. Well, since MovieWeb is more accurate than comic book movie, MovieWeb says we now have a more accurate description of the <laughs> of the, of the planet. suit of armor, and apparently the co- well, blah blah blah. It'll be made up of matte black armor that resembles a high tech motocross suit. 
The suit will remain open-faced, and there will be no helmet at all. Uh, Norman will have green hair that is spiked high up. In his- <laughs> so he'll probably look like the walking vegetable from the musical. Uh, <laughs> but in, in his ears, he will be wearing a Bluetooth device that will make it look... <laughs> That will make it look as though he has the Green Goblin signature pointed ears, the same way Selena Kyle's goggles worked in creating the illusion that she had cat ears. Uh, So I'm thinking, ah, so really that's what Zachary Quinto was wearing in the last Star Trek movie. He was wearing a Bluetooth that looked like the signature (laughs) pointed ears. Uh, So anyway, uh, so really, yeah, there's kind of two stories here. One, that Harry is going to be the – and I think one of these two was speculating that, well, someone decided that 63-year-old Chris Cooper would look ridiculous with green spiked hair, <laughs> and, uh, and and so they're gonna you know have this this Dehan boy you know have the green spiked hair and become the Green Goblin. I don't that know what, ridiculous at all. I don't know what to make of any of this really. I mean, it, 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 is it is it true? I, I don't even know if it's waste of time worrying about. It. I mean, would it bother me if Harry becomes the Goblin before Norman? No, you know, no. Why? Why? That's my question. Why? 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 I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, Norman is the 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 main bad. What? I mean, yeah. So why would you want him to suit up as the Goblin in movie number two when you're doing a four movie series? No, I'm saying I I, I would rather have Norman suit up than Harry. Uh, you know, maybe this is what gives maybe Harry dies, and this is what gives Norman more motivation to you know either step in and become the Goblin himself, or because remember Norman's dying. You know, according to, you know, evil Pakistani dude, you know, in the first movie, you know, Norman Osborn is dying. So, you know, he's not going to be, you know, I'm sure he's not going to be able to, well, I mean, I guess he could be. I mean, hell, it's a sci-fi movie. He can do anything. Um, yeah. Now this does I mean, he, Harry became the Goblin first in that uh, spectacular Spider-Man cartoon series, remember? I noticed. Yeah. yeah. Globuling green. Yeah, but I I would not want to go by that as the inspiration. No, but, but what I'm saying is 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 you no, know, yeah. and this gets into a larger a larger deal, which I won't expound upon now because it it also involves you know Cumberbatch being con and things. I mean, Again. our myths. I mean, the thing is, Spider Man is now 50 years old. Okay. It's it's on its second run as a as a movie series. It's had how many iterations as a cartoon? Star Trek has has been rebooted. The longer our myths, and Superman now is seventy five years old, and people are up in arms about how Man of Steel went. You know, the older our myths get, and the more mediums in which they are interpreted, they our myth they are going to be reinterpreted in different ways for different generations. They're going to have to be in order to stay relevant. If the story is well told, I don't care if Norman never becomes the Goblin, as long as he's true to Norman Osborn. Because Norman's villainy isn't just, you know, dressing up in a... I mean, come on, the Green Goblin looks stupid. He's my favorite villain, of course, for various reasons. But it's a dumb-looking costume, you know? And it's and even, you know, Willem Dafoe did, you know, the costume because he was doing a very comic book take on the Green Goblin. Sam Raimi's whole Spider-Man series was a very comic book take. Mark Webb is clearly going in a different direction. I don't mind that. So, you know, given that, as long as the story is well told, as long as Norman is kind of the bad guy as we go throughout the entire series, I don't mind this little detail. Okay. I thought you'd be more upset. Uh, <laughs> now, and now, I granted the sources of all this information is sketchy to say the least. Exactly. So why? Yeah, yeah. It does, it's yeah. really worth investing any emotion in being upset about it. Yeah. Uh, plus, I like I said, following the whole Star Trek in the Darkness stuff and reading pages upon pages of people just being irate and inflamed and insulted and upset. Uh, it's, it's just made me realize that uh, that there's a certain point in time where it just becomes utterly ridiculous if you start taking this stuff too seriously. 
And we'll wrap the show up right about there. Before we go, I wanted to let everyone know that I'm looking for more sponsors for the podcast. If you'd like your product to be heard by hundreds of thousands of people each and every month, please send me an email at crawlspacemail at gmail.com. I can send you some audience statistics and pricing information. Again, it's crawlspacemail at gmail.com if you'd like to advertise on this podcast. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the SpiderManCrawlspace.com. Thank you.